1: Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is the stand-up and Emmy-nominated writer, Sam J. You might know her best from her 2020 Netflix special, Three in the Morning, or for her work as a writer on Saturday Night Live. Sam is the writer and host of Pause with Sam J on HBO Max, which just had its season two premiere. The show follows Sam as she explores a variety of topics through a series of chats with her friends, as well as sketches and interviews. There's no other show like this on TV. Take a listen to part of the trailer for season two.
0: Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Samaria Johnson. I didn't really come out. Like when I hear young people talking about I gathered everybody in the living room. Excuse me, I have something to say. Do you think I'm an alcoholic? Um, if I only freeze my head, is it like cheaper? It is cheaper. It's a broke people thing that only freeze your head. That's
1: right. <laughs> Sam, I really didn't know much about you. And I saw a trailer for Pause. I was like, what is the show? And then I've watched the episodes over the weekend. And I'm like just blown away by the show. I'm blown away by you. And I have a feeling the two are just kind of interwoven. And I'm just wondering, just to start off for pause, for people who have not seen the show, how do you describe
0: it? I usually tell people to just watch it because it is <laughs> a little hard to explain. But it's like if you could watch a hang with your friends and then go out in the world with network money and prove the point.
1: And I think the, the thing that I was so surprised is the, the format. It's just absolutely appealing. It's basically every episode you have, you and a group of friends, there's a sense of like a party atmosphere, but you're also discussing and debating and arguing and joking about issues. Um, and the point is, you're not necessarily out to settle an issue. It's just kind of the act of talking about it. How did you end up knowing you want to talk about a topic? How do you pick the topics? I have so many questions.
0: Well, this season we did it a little different and we did the interviews first and in the parties last. Last season, we did it in the reverse, I think. We did the parties and then the interviews. So to be honest with you, I think we're still finding our way with that and like what actually works.
1: Well, and I wonder too, as someone, I mean, you are sewn so, throughout this. It's your name on the show. You co-created it. You're in the show. It's your friends. It's uh, your partner. How do you separate you from the show or is there any separation at this point between you and the show?
0: I would say no, but not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like I still have like my own, I have opinions. I haven't shared on the show. I have thoughts. I haven't shared on the show. Um, So I still have some things to myself, but I mean, it is what I think and it is my real friends and sometimes my family and, you know, it is really grounded in my, in my actual life. And
1: have you always been someone who's just been, this is who I am and let's just get past that and get talking? Or is it something that you've kind of grown into throughout your life?
0: I mean, I think it's a a little bit of both. I think I had hints of it, you know, but I didn't really understand myself fully. And you still got to grow into a person. I had to like figure out who I was, figure out who I was uh, sexually, figure out like my sexual identity and figure out like just how I wanted to be in the world. I think everybody kind of struggles with that, you know, just figuring out what kind of person you want to be and had to double back on some things in life. And, and then I kind of landed at a, you know, it is what it is space, but it, it took a while.
1: Well, and something that's a common theme on the show is the idea of labels. And in one sense, you're embracing a label of who you are as a person or all the labels we each of us has. And then there's like the actual like labels in the show, which are kind of funny, like the little lower thirds that you guys have. But then there's also by embracing the label or or even stereotypes, you're also breaking it down so you can kind of address those without trying to correct them, if that makes sense. I wonder like how much if that comes from, is that something you're trying to like lead in the show as you're having these talks? Or is it literally just what we're seeing with you and your friends? Are these intimate conversations and if someone, you know has a different opinion that's just it and you're not trying to uh, correct it
0: when we were building the show and we were kind of thinking about a show philosophy hmm. that was one of the philosophies of the show was just like yo we're not out here to to shame you for your opinion or tell you your opinion is incorrect we're just out here to kind of see what opinions are out there and try to start the conversation not finish it because i think most of the things that we we approach I don't know I don't have the answer I don't know the answer is I'm still out here figuring it out and I'm not always correct so it just seemed a little like presumptuous and arrogant to uh try to be like this is how you got to do it you know because it's like there is no one way to you know skin a cat as the saying goes
1: yeah, and you know, I've not skinned a cat, but I don't think I'd want to do that either. <laughs> but I, watching your shows, it's fun because there are parts where I'm like, man, it's kind of like when I have friends in a party or we're going for drink, we're having conversations, like that kind of depth. And um, there's that respect for like disagreement. But then another sense, this is unlike anything I've watched. I- I'm laughing, I'm learning, I'm in awe. And it's this uh, kind of getting to be a fly on the wall I think appeal for me that I I just love it. And I think what comes out of that is like a sense of empathy. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that and how important empathy is to you and especially the interviews you do in the show.
0: It's super important, I guess. I I mean, you know, like out in the actual world is just meeting people and hearing their stories. And even if I don't agree with their stories, kind of getting a sense of their lives and kind of how they ended up where they are or, or thinking how they think, you know, and I think there's always a stuff behind for lack of a better word. I don't believe things spring out of nowhere. I believe everything has a history and a, and a, and a tale to it. When we were thinking about the show, that was just something that we wanted to explore because I just wasn't seeing a lot of that in late night com- conversation. It seemed to be very political and very line in the sand and very like, they, these people are wrong and these people are correct and those people can change depending on what channel and what show you're watching but there was just really no conversation that was kind of like we're all a mess and how do how do we kind of navigate that in a a true sense and how do people get to whatever we perceive to be wrong and how do people get to whatever we perceive to be right
1: and what i think shocks me too is all this is done in person you know you're not there's an element of the internet, which I think people praise for like, hey, it's everything, all the books in the world, everything's right there. You can find someone who believes the same things you do, but also that's caused a ton of like toxic and horrible things to happen. And I'm wondering if that fact that your show is, you're literally looking someone in the eye having those conversations. Does that change that dynamic? Does that remove that toxic part of,
0: that we find on the internet? I think so. At least I hope it does. And I hope like, you know, even for me, by looking at these people not having real conversations with with people that are actually experiencing these things or have lived experience, it, it, it forces me too to like kind of like see the humanity in, in everybody, or at least try to.
1: I think with season one you have an episode where you're like interviewing like uh, uh, Black conservatives and um, one of them through the course of the interview um, basically, he basically publicly comes out and the reaction you have is not only shock, but there's just the sense of like being careful with that. And I wonder if you can tell me a little bit what was going through your mind when that moment happened.
0: I just felt like, oh my God, she's so young. And this is probably so scary. You know, it it seemed like the first time she was really saying it. So I was shocked, but also just, you know, being a, a queer woman, I just thought it was about how scary it probably was for her. And I just didn't want her to feel alone in that moment or on the spot.
1: I, I mean I did, I don't know if you could expect something like that from any show but it was that's what I think it was so appealing about your show too is the I'm laughing and kind of joking with you or, or hearing you you talk about things and then in another sense is this like this sense of appeal of humanity um and uh, you mentioned talking about like wanting to create the show to be like something we don't see in a normal talk show and i know uh one of the creators with you is uh, a penny he's been on this podcast before i'm curious you could talk a little bit about what that relationship between the two of you is like and how uh how that process was to develop pause
0: i mean Prentice is really good at like his job of (laughs) of finding and developing and honing talent and so it was just a lot of talking at first like we would just have zoom meetings because it was the pandemic so the first time we actually met in person was probably seven eight months into the process but we would sit on zoom and he would just ask me what I thought about what I'm thinking about or something would happen in the news and he'd be like hey you saw that what do you think about it and he would always say to me like the show should just feel like a fine tailored suit and it should just fit you. And if it doesn't fit you, then it's not going to work. So let's find the format that's going to work for you. He He's really great at supporting a vision and, and, and bringing his own energy to it to just like round it out.
1: So the neighbor for our podcast Sam is I'm so obsessed what are you currently obsessed
0: with I don't know I don't know it's weird because I have a little money now so I'm, I'm I, I get into these little holes with things like I was buying a bunch of old anime at one point that I remember watching young and I hadn't seen in a while and like comic books I had that got lost and destroyed i was doing that for a little second and that felt a little obsessive sneakers i'm always buying sneakers um that feels so typical and basic i would love to have something more interesting but i don't think i I do
1: well it's also like at least with the anime and the comic books is like it's something that was part of you growing up that you're kind of reconnecting with right
0: yeah, sneakers are the same thing and like i'm really i'm really into like trying to get my feet together like i got a corn and i'm i'm determined to get rid of it um i bought all this foot stuff i got a lot of foot care stuff
1: oh you got like and, a foot uh, like a corn on your foot i got you now i got you yeah i got a
0: corn on my foot and i'm like i've had it for years and i'm like i'm done with this i'm i'm getting rid of this corn and i bought all this like corn removal stuff and like a foot mask and i got all so i got some grecian like heel foot treatment so that might be the the thing right now is trying to trying to get my feet sexy uh
1: i can have a parallel journey with you i don't have corns but yeah then the past couple of years is like lucky man, I'm, you i'm no 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 man i'm look yeah lucky me but i say it's like i feel like i have very <laughs> look caveman looking like the feet like those guys and like Lord of the Rings have like the, the the hobbits. Oh, hobbit feet! You got hobbit feet. I don't, but I felt like I was going there. I'm like, dude, you gotta, like, you <laughs> got you gotta take care. You gotta. I, I and I never had gotten like a, a pedicure. Yeah, and when I went in. I was like, wait, this is what a pedicure is. This is amazing. Like they they clean it all up and you get massage and look, I was like, this is fantastic. And you're like, how much is that? Okay, okay.
0: I just watched uh watch Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. Well, my girl, we watched the whole thing, but she had never seen any of them. And um, she was very stressed out about The Hobbit feet. She was, it was a big concern for her. Like mid-movie, she was like, are they ever going to get shoes? And I was like, no, babe they do the whole thing without shoes. <laughs> she was like, why? She couldn't. She couldn't handle it. The shoes really, the lack of shoes really bothered her. I
1: love that. And it's honestly, it's a very sensible reaction. Because you're like, yeah,
0: no, she was really concerned. You know, the scene when they're on the mountain, the snowy mountain, she was like, they still don't have shoes. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're really stressed about like this.
1: <laughs> uh, so funny. Um, and over the weekend, I started watching uh, this George Carlin documentary and you popped up in it. And you talk about him being a critical thinker. And part of the documentary he—he, he, uh, I'm learning, or I've learned in that, was that uh, how much he reinvented himself or recommitted to being more himself on stage. How do you find that balance with the material you do as a stand-up, material you do as a writer, and what you're doing now with Pause?
0: It's all just an extension of stand-up to me. I. A lot of the things you see in pause are things I, I touch on on stage, you know? And it's like, well, now pause is this opportunity to really take a, a, a little blip of a thought that I can get off on stage and open it up and dissect it and bring other people and opinions and ideas into it. And so to me, it's like all an extension.
1: I'm guessing with pandemic stuff in a weird, like things are opening up and all that again. Are you doing stand-up again? Are you, are you planning to do more stand-up now that... More people know you from pause.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always doing stand-up. You know, I live in New York, so it's one of the greatest stand-up cities in the world. So I get up at the stand, the cellar, and you know, cubs around the city all the time. Uh, but I am back in the mode of like building a new hour and like doing, yeah, I'm gonna do a second special yes. for sure.
1: I know you you um also were a writer on Saturday Night Live and that is a completely different show for a thousand reasons. What's your writer's room like? What is that vibe like? What are the, who are the people in this writer's room? And ultimately, what are you taking out of those moments in the writer's room that go into the show?
0: Uh, who's in the writer's room? It's Jack Knight, Lason Kerman, Zach Fox, Emmy uh, Blotnick, Megan Kelly, jo- Joel Nicole. Like we, Johnson, we have like a mix, Teresa Lowe. Lorena, Lucy. So it's like a mix. It's a mix of straight people. It's a mix of gay people, queer people, women, men, um, white people, white people, Asian people. Like we we try to get a good mix of like a conversation, honestly, and get a a good amount of perspective. That's a big deal for us in the writers room is just bringing in perspectives and kind of even how you get hired is just, I have a conversation with you and I'm like, all right, this person's willing to talk and yell at me. So they'll probably be good in <laughs> figuring out how we're going to like make this gumbo. And then honestly, it's just, we just go in on a topic and start talking and, and we start to get the perspectives and then we, we try to narrow down my actual perspective. And then how do we build the house around that perspective is kind of how we build it.
1: And going back to like, the, the party thing. I think I'm, I, I love it because I'm like, God, it must be so much fun to be there. But you're also like, well, they're filming. So I'm sure like the people off camera are like trying to be quiet or whatever a little bit. But then you're like, not really. I can kind of hear things like popping out around them. um What is it like to film those? Is that your actual place? And now do you have friends like, hey, I, I want to be, I want to be in season two. Do you have people hitting you up to like be a part of this uh, party?
0: I mean, no, it's not my place because um, I'm not crazy. I would never have a film crew in my house. <laughs> Like uh, destructive, so no. <laughs> but it is a real apartment, and that was really important to me that it wasn't a set. I didn't want people walking into a set. I wanted people to walk into a home, and we try to make it my home as much as possible. There's real pictures of me and my girl up all around, and like it feels like what my house would feel like. And I'm always there before the guests to greet them when they come up the stairs. And um a studio is gonna take them out of it. And then they're going to feel like they have to be performative because they're in a studio. There's just the way a studio's set up. There's no way to kind of be your, your natural self. And and also, you know, I, I demanded that there was no like boom mics, which was a, it was a big fight with sound bless the sound team, because I know it was very frustrating, uh, but everyone's labs. So there's like 14 channels. Because I just felt like if you have booms in people's faces and they're gonna be super conscious of what they're saying and like it's not gonna be like a genuine conversation.
1: I say the sound people deserve like a raise just by hearing that setup. <laughs> yeah, no, that's
0: terrible, and we're like screaming. You know, it's like people yelling at the top of their lungs. Drop.
1: I, I say please take this the right way. I think that just talking to you, it's like I was so used, to, and I don't mean screaming in a bad way. It's just you're at a party. It's how people talk. But having watched the episodes, like oh wow, she's very quiet. Like she's normal. <laughs> she talks normally.
0: <laughs> I do. I do sometimes.
1: <laughs> I do sometimes. And normally is not even the right word. Just you know, what I'm saying. Um, I hope you know what you're
0: saying. At a at a at a, a reasonable octave. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're not yelling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in my apartment. Um. Okay. So, uh, I saw season two, episode one, the naked basketball game. I gotta talk about the naked basketball game. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's just.
0: The mascot is right there.
1: Oh, the mascot. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if you could talk about how it was filming that and if it was nearly as fun as it looked on screen.
0: It was. I mean, we just, we just really threw a basketball game. And I was like, well, it should just be a, a real basketball game. And it should feel it, it was one. We, we got a gym. We brought in people. We had a game. I think people thought they were going to be thrown off by uh, being naked way more than they were. I think people were thought in the audience they were going to be thrown off by seeing it, and it just became a game, and they wanted to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, that was my favorite part is when they got free and were like, it doesn't matter. We're all naked. I'm snatching the ball, or I'm diving on the ground, or I'm going to, like, really try to win this game my team was really bummed we were bummed that we lost we were, we were truly like this, this is crazy because we were ahead by so much and then I was talking to them on the bench and they were like we wanted to try to get some get back and play again but you know time wasn't permitting but I think no one even cared at that point about being naked they were just kind of
1: pissed they lost yeah I mean I was getting at the thing you get into the game you're like, oh we're ahead oh shit we're, we're behind now and and you, the, the way in, uh, the, the winning coach had the trophy, which was fantastic. And that all came out from a conversation in the episode, at least from the party about Jamie Fox hosting Naked Basketball, which I had never heard of. And I was like, I had never played Naked Basketball. It's like, that looks like it could be
0: kind of fun. I don't know that it's true. Really, the, the conversation was more like about rumors and how black men in Hollywood are constantly dealing with these rumors that they're doing secret gay stuff and why is that and why even if he is having naked basketball games in the hills which I have no idea if he is or is it it's strictly a rumor I've never met the man nor been to his house but my point was even if he is why does it have to be gay per se and why does it have to be bad per se and maybe it's just about freedom and and that's why I say that line in the party of like we we let white people and explore sex so much and explore sexual identity and gender so much. And white boys can play little silly games and put their balls on each other's forehead and have a laugh. And no one's like, oh, look at that room full of gay dudes. But when black men have any like kind of expression in that way, it's like, what's going on with that dude? And so it was it just an attempt to really take the, the the stigma and the stink off of it and kind of tell people to get out their own way and and that there can be this inter- intersectionality of, of nakedness and, and queerness and beautiful blackness all existing in, in, in one space. And you don't have to necessarily determine what any of it is. It could all just be black and beautiful. I wanna go back
1: and when you were, before you were filming the very first episode of season one, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice, what would it be?
0: Be less afraid. <laughs> yeah, be less afraid. What were you afraid of? It absolutely not working. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. And I I pitched it like I could. I knew I could do it, but I didn't know. Uh, so I was just like, I don't know if this is gonna work out with me. Uh, show when we get it all back you know
1: and when you saw that first episode coming together did it did it like alleviate some of those
0: fears yeah yeah once we were doing it I was in the party I I could feel it and I was like oh I know where we can get the show from this what we're doing I, I see how we can put a put a show together
1: I want to wrap up our conversation. We do a thing on our show called Pick One. I give you a couple of things to choose. You select one. It doesn't mean the thing you select is better than the other thing. So can we play Pick One, Sam? Of course. Okay. Pick one. Boston, New York or Atlanta?
0: Dang. I want to say Boston just to be loyal, but that would be honest because I don't want to be there. I have to say New York.
1: Well, I mean, that's where you live now. So that makes sense. Pick one: writing or performing.
0: It's kind of impossible. But if I had to do something, that's hard. That's really hard because sometimes I hate performing. Because Sometimes I hate writing.
1: Well, can I ask you this? Like, as a stand-up, are you like someone who are you scripting stuff out before? Or you just like you just have an idea of where you want to go with stuff. Like, how, how do you?
0: I have an idea, and then I I like refine it on stage. And then once I feel like I'm like figuring it out, I'll I'll watch tape. A little bit? Mm -hmm. A little bit. I kind of hate it. So I'll watch tape, not like obsessively, but a little bit. If there's a way I told a joke and I really want to, it really worked, I'll watch it just like what was the pacing and whatever the hell. And I think you can get worn out either way. Like right now I'm itching to go back to stand-up. I've been in TV writing in like I don't know, seven years. Oh, wow. Mm, I miss just doing stand-up. I'm not gonna lie. I miss when I was just a wild up. It feels like I got some tr- like training now. And I miss when I was just running free and getting up every night and going city to city and just writing jokes the day of and running to the club to get them out. But I know I'll get annoyed with that eventually. Cause I did. And I'll be like, I'm over the road and I don't want to talk to anybody. You know what I mean? And I want to just like go in a hole and not have to do all that interacting. So that's tough. But I guess if I had to live or, or die on something, it would be performing.
1: This is probably the most important one. Um, and actually, I know we didn't plan this, but you happen to be wearing one right now, and I and I as well. Pick one, cardigans or hoodies? And I, I want to just preface this by saying, in the show, you have the most amazing sweaters. And I'm a sweater guy, and I'm like, dear God, these sweaters are amazing. So cardigans or hoodies?
0: I love cardigans, I do. I love a good cardigan, I always have but. Probably because I went to a Catholic school, but <laughs> hoodies.
1: And you say that wearing your she's wearing a hoodie for those listening
0: right now. I'm always either wearing a hoodie or a cardigan. Usually hoodies are my thing. I think they're just, you know, universal. And you can dress them up, dress them down. Love a good hoodie.
1: Sam, thanks for taking time and it was so nice meeting you and such a big fan. And I, I can't wait to see more of your work. Thank you, bro. I want to thank Sam for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. New episodes of Pause with Sam J. air Fridays on HBO and HBO Max. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox-Sowell, and this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod, and until next time, take care.